listeners, I wanted to let you know that I'm teaching a free budgeting class at Bold and Badass Fitness in Southeast Portland on August 5th from 3 to 5 p.m. We'll cover putting together a budget on variable income and figuring out where your values and your money align. Uh, to sign up for this free class, you can go to ohmydollar.com slash bold and badass. There's limited spots, so sign up now. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your hosts, Lillian Kerbick. And that was Will Romy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about money. This week, I want to talk about the concept that you can buy anything you want. You just can't buy everything you want. <laughs> I This probably has to do a lot with the fact that I made the decision to spend a month traveling from Dublin to Shanghai by train in September, uh, which I think I've mentioned before. And I'm probably not going to get a lot of paying work during that month. Um, and so it's essentially the longest time off work I've ever taken. And uh, train tickets across uh, two continents are kind of expensive. <laughs> How long is the trip all in all? Uh, it's almost exactly 30 days. Um, so depending on whether or not you count the one day that I'm spending in Boston between flights. <laughs> I have about a 12-hour layover in Boston that I'm going to go into town. But, um, uh, you know, I'm self-employed, so I have no monetary guarantees when I come back. I don't have any PTO. So this, I mean, this trip is a is kind of a big financial risk in a lot of ways, despite the fact that, you know, I've paid for it all in cash and um, I have the money in the bank to do it. And, It'll be fine, as I keep reassuring myself. But it's a splurge. Like, this is a lifelong dream that I've had. Um, and it's a really big deal. And I've also had some offers of paying work that I haven't been able to take because I'm like, well, I'm not going to have phone or internet for almost a month. So probably you don't want to hire me. <laughs> huh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess you have that lost income coming from a trip. but. Um, yeah. And even, you know, like starting jobs in August that I wouldn't be able to complete because I have to leave August 29th. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's it's both been a hit to income and a, a hit to my savings um, because I'm spending the savings on the trip. And so it's a really big splurge. So I've been thinking a lot about kind of this concept of unconventionally spending money on on big things. Um, and, you know, conventional spending has you spending money all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it has you spending nearly everything you make, uh, if not more. Um, it's quite common to live above your means. Right. Income equal or less than your, your total expenditures. Yeah. Um, and, you know, financing cars, houses, cell phones, washing machines, even toasters. Boats. You can, you can finance a $20 toaster now. <laughs> um, and, you know, conventionally... Americans are drowning in payments because they're taught that everything you want, you should have and you can have it now as long as you're willing to pay some interest on it. And I I don't live that way. Um, and I, you know, I, I hope for a lot of listeners that they can kind of get past the point where they're living that way. Um, and normal isn't what I want. Um, but I still I still have things that I want to spend money on that are really big, scary things. And conventional spending has you kind of nickel and diming all of these big these these purchases over time even this toaster and the cell phone but it it tells you that you don't have the money to do international travel you know most americans don't have a passport um and so commonly when i talk about you know my travels or i talk about um you know i have a custom bike uh that was 
very expensive and people go, oh, I wish I could afford that. And you can. You can afford it. You most likely can afford it. Um, but you probably can't afford some of the other things you're buying. And I, I kind of just want to talk today about splurges and the concept of deciding if you want to afford your loftiest dreams, you're going to have to be a little weird. <laughs> right, weird and, and plan for you, them. Yeah. You have to plan and you have to make choices. And that's the part that I really struggle with, right, is that really part of making these splurges is making everyday choices to say, no, I'm going to go without that because later that money instead is going to go to this thing I want more. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And you have to really decide that you want that more. <laughs> yeah, well, that almost sounds like a different kind of splurge because I think of splurge as being a, a, a spur of the moment. You know, you're in a store and opt to opt to buy the more expensive version of something or 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 you know impulse and i guess more of an impulse buy which doesn't sound like what you're describing yeah i guess i the way i define a splurge is something that you don't need to live like it's not a necessity and that it costs more than a single paycheck so it's something that you have to plan for uh it doesn't necessarily need to be an object it could be um unpaid parental leave or taking an unpaid sabbatical from work um hmm. But, you know, it's something that is a significant amount of money to you. And it, that that could be that, hey, I didn't buy the cheapo headphones and instead I bought $350 headphones. And, um, you know, a splurge could be spur of the moment. But generally, I think about it as something that you made an intentional decision to buy something that is more expensive than the bare minimum you would have needed mm -hmm, to buy mm -hmm. to continue to exist. Um, and people splurge all the time and don't realize it. <laughs> um, like a lot of people have grocery shopping is one of these big ones where people don't realize that, you know, they're throwing away their pay paycheck by splurging, by not making um, decisions around their money that are optimizing or, you know, they kind of mindlessly like the worst for me is when I go to the grocery store hungry. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Always eat before you go to the grocery store. Oh, man. Uh, it's so dangerous because I suddenly walk out and I've got a cart full of like, you know, really fancy crackers and like, you know, expensive coffee drinks in solo yep, bottles yep. Odd, and odd dips and sauces yeah and nothing that actually <laughs> equals like a meal plan for the week different types of onions yeah. and and i've spent like a week's grocery grocery budget and i don't actually really have anything to show for it other than like yeah i went to grocery outlet which you know as far as places to splurge in groceries is a little better because mm -hmm. it's discount but um i went there after the gym when it was like 90 degrees outside yesterday and i was hungry alone it was the it was probably one of the most dangerous things and I, this is this is a great example of like when you are in your right mind and you're cool and you're calm you realize these trade-offs you're making but uh so often spending money is emotional especially these really small things that you get as a treat for yourself right and yep. you justify treats and all the time hot, and you need it yeah yeah <laughs> i had a hard day at work therefore i deserve this 14 dollar cocktail and that's fine you can make that choice but you when you zoom out to that 10,000 foot level, you realize that, you know, a cocktail every other day is really costing you that trip to Paris that you said that you've wanted to do since you were 10 years old. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, once again, this is where the budget comes in, right? Right. Yeah. But, I mean, they we always described it as a way of, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you always describe budgeting as a way of figuring out where your values and your spending habits are. And that seems like a good way to, uh, you know, put, put yourself first. Yeah. 
Um, one thing that I, I love to do exercises around this because I think it's really values sounds really nebulous, right? And it seems really hard. <laughs> uh-huh. And everybody's like, well, I value hard work and family. And then, you know, they kind of zoom out and they realize they like they've forgotten about a bunch of things like creativity or something like that. Or it just feels very hippy dippy. And they're like, I'm here to talk about the numbers. Um, <laughs> and so I like to do some exercises. And uh, one of those, um, uh, which I actually, I think I got from, Paula Pant from AffordAnything.com, who um, I think got it from J.D. Roth from Get Rich Slowly. (laughs) Uh, But it's to imagine that you're financially secure and that you have enough money to support yourself, your family, and your dreams. But you need to continue working, but it's fulfilling work with reasonable hours. Mm -hmm. What would you do? How would you spend your days? Hmm. And um, that's actually a really hard question for a lot of people to answer for themselves right because it's easy for work to sort of be the default activity or what you do rather than you know lying around the house well and i you know i'm a midwesterner i have been imbued with the idea that your work is your highest purpose in life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and and i i the still puritanical value yeah yeah no you know that that protestant work ethic is pretty deeply embedded into us in the midwest um but when you kind of scroll out and I'm not saying like you should be hedonistic and chase all of your pleasures and you go, okay, well, if, you know, if everything was perfect, then I would spend all day drinking $12, you know, cups of espresso and (laughs) (laughs) laying around in the sun. And in reality, most humans are not super well built for that. And most people wouldn't want to engage in that kind of leisure all day. Not all the time. Yeah. They would probably bore with it, but but let's say that something like that is your answer. What does that tell you about your values, right? Like it might tell you that your values have a lot to do with making sure that you've got a lot of time to think. And, you know, it's really important to you to to have a slow pace. And mm-hmm. part of what could happen in your budget is you realize like, hey, I actually I want to make a little more money per hour because I don't want to have to work as many hours. Or um, maybe it's actually more important. It's less important to me to make really great money like I am making now if I could work half as much many hours right right, right. have to have more time to do the things you want to do yeah or like um, trips like you were saying or, or trips. more time with your family or more time lying around the house um uh, so I, I feel like we've ended up talking a lot about time but there's totally splurges that are just legitimately things that you spend a lot of money on that are total consumer goods Mm -hmm. and are like awesome to put in the budget because that feeling of saving up for something and buying it right like so many of us had this when we were like 10 or 12 years old get the cool star wars lego set yeah and if you managed (laughs) to not spend all your allowance on candy and you actually saved it then suddenly you could get you know the thing you really wanted Mm -hmm, that star mm -hmm. wars figurine walker <laughs> so is that your biggest splurge ever? No, I actually never had a Star Wars AT uh, Walker. I think my little brother did. I um, I think my my biggest splurge pretty much of my life was my custom bicycle. And I saved for it for like four years. And then I also um part of it was a graduation present. Um it took me mm, let's say eight years to graduate college. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps uh, you save up for longer. Yeah. yeah. On I was an on and off uh, college attendee. So um, it was a, it was a really big deal to my family when I finally managed to graduate and I, I had managed to graduate debt free um, thanks to a lot of scholarships and the mm-hmm. Pell Grant and everything. And I've never owned a car. And so, and I have rheumatoid arthritis and I'm 
you can't tell this on the radio, but I'm four foot eleven. <laughs> so not the easiest to find a bike for me on the shelf. Yes, I emphasize as someone on the opposite end of four foot eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I am so happy that I have that bike. Um I have never once regretted it. It's an identifiable bike. I can always tell when you're in the building. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I said splurges, but you didn't say what your big splurge was. Oh, hypothetically or actually? What is the thing you're thinking about? I, I always thought a cargo cruise across the Pacific would be cool. Uh, cargo? Yeah. Interesting. I don't, I'm, I'm not, not trying to spend several weeks on a boat with a bunch of people hanging out. Um, I don't know. I always, I always like the more solo boat expeditions. The open ocean's cool. <laughs> so what would you... What what like, what would this take to do this? Well, I the last time I looked at prices, it was about twelve hundred dollars for about two weeks, slowly going across the Pacific on a cargo ship, which is you know cheaper than yeah cheaper, cheaper than, than a, a cruise. regular cruise would be, and not even that incomparable with plane tickets. Um, yeah, it's like pretty close to a peak season yeah, plane much ticket to Europe. Slower. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got to feed yourself for a couple weeks mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. on board right yeah yeah or i think you can also be in the ship galley but they have a a poor reputation how uh, do you get a spot on a cargo there's just sites you can book on i don't know i was looking into it a while back um you can just book book a cabin um no no real entertainment but i don't know it, it, it seemed like a good way to get some you know some big projects done um, this sounds very similar to my train trip. Actually. I know, I know. It's just, which is why it's also sort of a boring splurge. It's just not a boring splurge. Drive, it's not a, driving across I, the there ocean. Is, there's literally <laughs> yeah. nothing boring about this splurge. So, do you want to do this? Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I totally do. I don't. I don't have a time in mind per se. But yeah, and 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 much like yours, I think the challenge would be finding the time to take off work and finding the money to book the passage and be, you know, in, in relatively okay financial straits upon return. Yeah. Um, do you get PTO in any of your many jobs? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just for the listeners, let's mm-hmm. let's you know, let's think about what it's going to take for you to be able to to make the splurge. All right. So say, let's say this cargo cruise is looking like it's about twelve hundred dollars. And granted, that's one way to Japan. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, you're going to Japan. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Straight across the Pacific. So Japan is pretty expensive once you're there. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you're not going to just go there and then immediately turn around and come home. Yeah, I don't know. Get stabbed on a dock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so so where do you land? You you land in Tokyo? Yeah. Usually? Yep. Okay. Land, land in Tokyo. So, leads out of Seattle. Let's say Tokyo. Tokyo is kind of pricey, but I priced this out for a trip that I was going to do a couple years ago. Um, and... Uh, that I was booked to do, and then an earthquake happened uh, mm-hmm. the day I was set to leave for Tokyo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so it's about $50 a day if you're doing budget travel in Japan. Like, it's pretty pricey. Okay. Japan is Japan is expensive. Um, and that's like budget travel, like, you know, hostel bed level. Yep. Not like, um, you know, not staying in a hotel, obviously. Right. Oh, well, that adds up quickly. Um. Yeah, and you know it's somewhat challenging to like couch surf in Japan because everybody especially lives... when you're six foot seven. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> lives in very tiny houses. Um, so twelve hundred, and then let's say you let's say take a week, a week and a week half. There, yeah, 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 a week and a half. Um, so a week and a half would be four hundred fifty dollars. Okay, let's 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 say it's an even five hundred for math. Okay, sake. so seventeen hundred bucks, and then. You want to you want to have enough 
that you can kind of replace lost income. So if you take a, a couple weeks off from work, so you're going to take three weeks off from work, mm-hmm. and then let's let's give you a week buffer. So yeah, you need yeah, to replace like a month's worth of income plus and, the trip expenses. So it sounds like altogether this is probably 3500 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my numbers are coming up to. Okay. So, so if I started working on that for, let's say, next year... Um, so if you if you start working on it for next year, you need to save around three hundred dollars a month to get yeah. there. Um, Which comes to about ten bucks a day. Ten bucks a day. Do you think you could do that? Ten bucks a day would be doable. Well, it's yeah. a, it's a little bit of a stretch for mo- you know for most folks. Ten, um, ten bucks a day is a good chunk out of a budget. But um, that 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 is a small enough, specific enough number that I think in in a setting where that was something that I really wanted to do. I could, you know, look at that old fashioned on a cocktail menu and go, no, I'm going to yeah. go to Japan slowly. <laughs> I like how it's an old fashioned of all <laughs> things before you get on a ship. To I, go had, to- I, I had a $10 old fashioned last night. Was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's pertinent. Um, but say you want to do this in two years, right? So say you want to do it like for your 30th birthday mm-hmm. or something, uh, then it would be like 145 So that's five bucks a day. Um that seems that seems even more doable. Yeah, yeah. seems pretty doable. Do um, in four years, and suddenly it's two dollars and fifty cents a day. And uh, this is one of those things where, if you're looking out as far as two years, if you get any sort of windfall, you can put half of that windfall towards this goal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that this is one of the things that I've done with the Trans Siberian trip is that it was a goal for a really long time, and it just kind of sat in my budget, and it was there, and it stared at me. But I didn't necessarily always put money aside for it. But then when I had a windfall, it was kind of in my, I like to call it my wish farm mm-hmm, in my budget mm-hmm. where it's just kind of looking at me and it's going, hey, do you want to prioritize me now? <laughs> right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, and so, you know, if you got a tax return back or you got, you know, a gig that paid you a lot of money over a weekend or something like that, that's one of those examples of like, hey, you can knock out $500. That's two months worth of Two months, or if you're doing this in two years, it's five months, mm-hmm. essentially, worth of um, contributions to this that you could knock out in one go. Yeah, well, and that's something that's nice about making those specific goal splurges, uh, is, is being able to work on that in the long term, rather than just have it be something you could never afford. Yeah, yeah. No, out of and, pocket. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people who tell me that they can't afford splurges that are on a way lower level than this. And I know they can, right? Mm-hmm. They're making they're making decent money. They don't have any kids. Um, you know, they're they're making in the 50s or the 60s. And Right, it just takes some planning. Yeah, and and you know, they they tell me they can't afford $300 headphones when they really want them. And I'm like, I, you can if you want. You just have to not buy some other things, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's all about some trade-offs. I would love to hear about your splurges. Um, and nobody tell me that their splurges are groceries because that's essential and you need it. Unless you're getting some foolish tasty cheeses or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or tell me about your $20 <laughs> cheeses that you get. So please write in to podcast at ohmydollar.com and let us know what your splurges are. That wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and I'm Lillian Carbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.